Welcome to the Fearless Five, a podcast about living a fearless life. It's episode 45 of season four. I'm your host, Heather Larson, certified transformational life coach and Reiki master. What I'm not, well, I'm not a yoga teacher yet, but I'm one in training. So there's that. But what I'm really not is a mental health expert, but I'm going to talk about mental health because that's been a hot subject because one goat, Simone Biles, took herself out of the Olympics. Um, she says because of mental health, she didn't feel f- mentally fit, I guess, to compete and didn't want to cost the country a medal. And I don't know, didn't want to let down her teammates or, or whatever. So let's talk about Simone Biles. Let's talk about her mental health. And I'm not going to say the thing that you expect me to say, because <laughs> I commend Simone Biles. Um, I really do. I have taken mental health breaks when I've needed them in the past too. And I think everybody should. And not everybody is going to be commended like Simone Biles. We all love Simone Biles. We all like her. We love her. We want the best for her. We admire her. We all agree that she is the GOAT, right? Greatest of all time. You know, Olympic gymnast. Amazing. She does things that nobody else can do with their body. Like she's brought this new... I don't know. We've always watched the Olympics. We've always loved the the gymnastics, at least in my lifetime. But there's never been anybody quite like Simone Biles. She's amazing, right? So she's she's never going to be not supported, okay? And and there's so much public support for her and what she said um, that it's amazing. But, you know, I just want to point out the inconvenient truth here is that you and I are not Simone Biles. And I can tell you from personal experience, when you take mental health time off from your job, um, they're going to give you hell about it. Um, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm all for people getting mental health help and taking the stigmas and taboos away. But like, let me tell you from personal experience, you lose something when you go public about it, which is what I'm doing right now because it's the fearless five. But I've talked about it before. I've never shied away from talking about it. And in fact, I used to work in the addiction and mental health field as a sober coach and so like sharing about your mental health status or your experience with poor mental health in the past and how you've overcome it you know telling that story is just so prized and it's so ingrained in that field you get to talk you get to tell your story and every life coach does that too um and i guess i'm no different um but i think we need to realize that in real life we are not simone biles we will not get the same respect for sharing our story. Um, <laughs> just want to put that out there. Um, and also, um, once that's on your record, you're not going to get private health care ever. Um, because somebody at some point in time decided that I had major depressive disorder, which I don't, but they put that diagnosis on my mental health record. And so it's just there. And so I can't get private health care until I get that off my healthcare record. Do you know how hard it is to deal with your healthcare record? So I'm not trying to scare people away from mental health help, but this is the reality of it. Um, because yes, we're all under mental stress right now. Um, but I, you know, I hate to see somebody get slapped with something that they don't have. Like we don't need to be slapped with a label that we don't have that ends up on our permanent record um, or ends up in our healthcare record um, that we then have to go undo later. Because right now, what is everybody's mental health problem? The pandemic. We're all stressed. We're all isolated. Again, you know, same as it ever was. Um, a lot of us are coming up on the anniversaries of losing people to COVID. At least I am. Um, I haven't been all been. I haven't been to all the funerals for all of my friends yet because we were going to hold off till later in the year because we thought it might be safe in September to have somebody's memorial. So you know, this is this is what's going on. So 
you're not supposed to have rosy mental health right now. And, you know, if if somebody like Simone Biles, who, I don't know, we, we look at athletes like their life's winners. If they can have a problem, anybody can have a problem, which is true. You know, and I wanted to talk about from a coaching perspective, not a sport coaching perspective or a fitness coaching perspective, but from a life coaching perspective, I had wanted to talk this week about something Olympic related, but I just didn't think it was going to be this. I thought it would be something more like motivational and inspiring. So let's find what's motivational and inspiring about what Simone Biles has done. So what's, what's motivating and what's inspiring about what Simone Biles has done. First of all, self-care. Because look, if you legitimately need mental health help, it's okay to ask for help. And two, there's always help available. And doing this is an act of self-preservation and self-care. Because believe me, I have one less friend this year because that person took their life. So yes, we should all seek mental health help. Absolutely. Um, But we also have to realize that there's consequences because not everybody in your life is going to be supportive. Employers aren't supportive and the healthcare system is often not supportive in the long term, as I, you know, already shared on the podcast, but what is inspiring and motivational about Simone Biles? You know, she took that self-care. She worked her whole life to get to the Olympics and she's been before, you know, like we, we, what year was that? I don't remember. Everything's a blur now, but you know, she went before she's been phenomenally, phenomenally successful. And I kind of like that she's done this because to me, that shows me that Simone Biles is like, internally, she's like, you know what? I have nothing to prove. I can take care of my health first. I can take care of my mental health first, you know, rather than put myself through this in the world spotlight and have, you know, be, be dying on the inside or whatever she feels on the inside. I don't know what she feels on the inside. Nobody does. Um, but rather than like go on the world stage and try to pretend everything's cool and power through it, she took the time off. That's, you know, that's, that's a flex to not everybody can or will do that. Did, did I not just talk about powering through like three episodes ago? Okay, it was on episode 42. I talked about powering through when it's okay to power through and when does that become toxic? So go back to episode 42 because if, if this interests you at all, um, because there there is a fine line of, yes, I want to be mentally tough and powered through. And then yes, there's moments when my mental health is shattered and I need to take a break and powering through is actually toxic. But then there's, you know, there's this other you know, uh, way of looking at it where I've been through a lot this year. I've been through a lot last year. I've been through the lot year before that. I've been through a lot of stuff. Who, who hasn't really, I, you know, nobody's special. Um, but I've been through a lot of stuff and I'm a little older than Simone Biles. So <laughs> I'm a lot older than Simone Biles. Um, but what I've learned through time and through, you know, through my coaching, through my spiritual practices like Reiki and yoga and Christianity, et cetera, et cetera, Hinduism, um, uh, Buddhism, um, through practicing all these different traditions and just kind of pulling the meat out of every single one. And believe me, these are all very meaty, but um, <laughs> there's, 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 it's, it's all very good. Um, and what I've learned from, you know, sobriety 
and the various stages of my sobriety, which I've talked about before. Um, you know, like there's the, the initial stage where you get totally sucked into like the AA cult. And then you eventually realize that that's crazy. And then you try to like find an alternative and then you realize that anti AA people are crazy and it just kept going. And I think I tried like Buddhist recovery at some point. And what works for me, um, ultimately was just kind of getting out of that quote unquote system that like recovery industry, I used to work in it. You know, I worked as a sober coach in a, in the recovery, you know, I was, I was a part of the recovery community. I was like the big book carrying AA girl at one point, but there was, you know, stages of moving up out of that too. So what I know from going through all of this stuff is that sometimes you get, you know, like bogged down in your own negativity in your own, um, you just get lost sometimes, you know, and, you know, looking back, there were times when I was tagged with a mental health issue that I don't really have. Um, I still speak to a therapist, which I think is helpful, especially with all the stress that we go through now with the pandemic. Um, but I have, have not taken any, you know, antidepressants in a couple of years, more than a couple of years. And, uh, I, I just don't accept that I have a diagnosis of depression because I got through one of the worst, um, experiences of my life this year, you know, nearly dying of COVID, which was a situation where I could have become depressed and a lot of COVID long haulers become depressed. A lot of people dealing with COVID become depressed, but I didn't. And looking back on any time anybody ever said, oh, well, you've got depression. Um, it, it was always a situational depression. It's because my life sucked at the time. Yeah, I would have been depressed. There was a time when I was, you know, forced to change careers and work a low paying job to survive. And that was more situational depression um, because it was just something that was kind of a circumstance thrust upon me and I didn't like it. And I was heavily ensconced in the recovery community that was just like, you should just be grateful for your $3 an hour job and just, you know, talk to God. And, you know, that stuff doesn't work when you're in that situation. And I remember being like super in tears and super hurting and super frustrated and scared. And I felt like I'd made all the wrong decisions in life and there was no way out and I couldn't do it any longer. And so I went and got mental health help and they gave me meds and they told me that I had, you know, this depression thing and it was probably genetic and there was probably nothing I could do about it. And I was going to be on those meds for the rest of my life. And they were wrong about all of that. Another time I went on antidepressants after my mother died of CJD in 2004. Yeah, you're going to be depressed after somebody dies. Yeah, you're going to be depressed when your world falls apart. Do you need to have something on your record, on your permanent medical record at that point that then prevents you from getting healthcare in the future? You know, because, you know, I tried to get private healthcare. I was refused. So while we, you know, I'm I'm glad that Simone Biles might help us get more respect as normal, non-rich, non-famous human beings, average human beings. Okay. I'm not great. Okay. Simone Biles is great. Like I probably couldn't do a cartwheel right now. Um, (laughs) 
him. But, um, you know, she's great. Most of us are average. Most of us aren't going to have the advantages that she has or that a professional athlete has, you know, and I could be wrong. I mean, she could be going through God knows what you, you don't know what people are going through. Um, but I, I think that it's very hip right now to talk about mental health. Oh, let's end the taboos on mental health. Okay. If we're going to do that, if we're really going to end the taboos on mental health, let's change the system. Because if I got antidepressants in 2015, then I shouldn't be refused health care in 2021 because of that. So let's start there. Let's, we can't encourage people to go get mental health help and then punish them for it. Okay, we, we can't do that. Because you know what? You don't have control over, forget HIPAA, you don't have control. <laughs> over your private healthcare information. It will be used against you. Um, and, and I'm living proof that that has happened. It's happened to me. And, you know, the alternative is spending a ton of time dealing with the medical establishment to change your medical record, which, you know, I'm still kind of trying to clean up my COVID mess. Um, and I'm spending a ton of time just like with my, you know, day-to-day, month-to-month care on the phone, dealing with healthcare. I do not have the time or patience or energy to go after my medical record. Not right now. <laughs> Maybe next year. Maybe the year after that, but not right now. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to share that, that, you know, sometimes it's not a depression. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is situational depression. Sometimes it is seasonal depression. I've had that too. I used a happy light. Um, it's called a happy light. It's God, that's probably not the technical name, but it's, it's a, it was a 10,000 lumens light. And it was because, you know what? I lived in a dark apartment. This, this was back when I was, was getting, you know, quote unquote depressed, um, for working a low wage job, leaving, you know, you know, just my circumstances were bad. And then I also lived in a very dark apartment that never got sunlight. So that was a problem too. We're humans. We're like houseplants. We need sunlight. So I had had this, this 10,000 lumen light. Um, and I realized that I haven't used it in about a year and a half since I moved out of the dark apartment. And so I actually just gave that light to a friend the other day who lives in a dark apartment. So I just kind of wonder now because of what I've been through, this is my story or mileage may vary. Um, but I'm just kind of wondering, like, how many times was I labeled depressed or labeled as needing medication when what I really probably needed was, uh, a better support system, uh, and to get out of the recovery community. Um, cause the longer I've left that, the more successful I've been. Um, and you know, the happier I've been. I know. Did I just need sunlight and a little more exercise? Did I just need a better support system? Did I just need a better job? Did I just need less financial trouble? Um, you know, like, cause you know, one of the things that got me through COVID this year was my friends and they supported me so much and neighbors supported me so much. Landlord supported me endlessly <laughs> to this day. I think, um, it makes a difference if you have a good employer and that good employer is on your side. And it makes a difference if you have a good doctor, um, which I did not have. Um, I had, I had one good specialist going into this, but like I had to change doctors. I had to change jobs. Um, I eliminated a lot of just empty, shallow relationships, like hangers on that had been in my life. Um, and who just didn't have 
who, who didn't see me for me and who didn't have my best interest at heart. So hopefully Simone Biles has a good support system. And, you know, from, from what I know of years working in the media and working with really rich, famous, influential type of people is they often don't have good people around them. They do have the hangers on around them. They have the leeches. They have the people that are just there for the ride and her being, you know, the goat. Um, I really hope that she doesn't have that around her. I don't really know much about her personally and, and what kind of people she has in her life, but I really hope that she has support. And I hope that uh, the USA Olympics, whatever you, whatever you call them. Um, I'll be honest. I have not been watching the Olympics, um, but I hope that they're supportive of her. It looked like I saw a few minutes of a press conference of, of her and her teammates and, and it looked like they were very supportive of her. Um, it, but everybody's supportive on camera. Everybody's supportive when you put a microphone in front of their face. Everybody is supportive when it's public and when they're talking to the media and, and they know they're given a pull quote. So I take that with a grain of salt. Um, you know, cause I, you know, I was one of those people that was behind the scenes. I was a journalist. I was still a journalist, but I, you know, I was a reporter for radio. I was a producer for TV and I, you know, I did years and years of morning radio as a morning show producer. And I know how all of this works. And I even sent my show to the Olympics. That was like 20 years ago, but anyway, but I know how this stuff works and God, she's just so young and she's just so perfect and so talented. And I hate to see her give up a dream. And I, and I think that that's how you know that she's serious because she worked and worked for years to become the goat. And this is the girl that has like the goat uh, shape, like sewn on her leotard in rhinestones. Okay. <laughs> like that's, you know, she knows she's the best. But I think she also knows she has nothing to prove. And maybe she can help young girls um, who look up to her because she's such a cool athlete. And and maybe, you know, she can influence girls to take that time for themselves and maybe not do things they don't want to do because there's so much pressure uh, when you're a woman and so much pressure... You know, I wasn't, a, I wasn't an athlete, so, I mean, I can't speak from that perspective, but I know when you're a woman in a highly competitive kind of career, um, as I was in broadcasting, there is, you know, there's a lot of people who want to backstab you, but there's, there's so much competition and there's so much like, you got to be about it and it's just got to be your whole life. And, you know, I'm sure Olympic gymnastics is, is got to be like that times 10 and, you know, that, that kind of environment, that pressure, you know, like there's something to be said for spiritual, being spiritually, being psychologically healthy when you're in the public eye, when you're in a highly competitive career, when people see you as rich, famous, influential, you know, everybody's an influencer now. Um, you know, athletes were the original influencers. You know, you put Mary Lou Retton on the box of Wheaties and then everybody went and bought the box of Wheaties with just because it had her face on it. It's not like we didn't have the opportunity to buy Wheaties at the grocery store the other 364 days of the year. You know, it's just because, you know, Mary Lou Retton was on the box. It was something special. So like influencers date way, way, way back. Okay. And, you know, we put a, put a I don't, but society puts a lot of pressure on athletes and I don't know, maybe not so much anymore, but there was a time when like we just fell 
over every word that came out of like a celebrity's mouth, you know, way back in the day, you know, before you had the the world of like cable news, like, and you just had like entertainment tonight and maybe the national Enquirer. you know, when I was growing up, <laughs> like that was how we got celebrity news. Now these people are like 24 seven in the limelight. So, you know, I would love to know more about, you know, what really is going on in Simone Biles' life and, and what her family's like, and what her friends are like. And if she has like, what, what really led to this decision? You know, what, what pain is she in? What's, what's, what was causing like the f- decrease in her performance? You know, what athletes get in their heads, but we all get in our heads. So, you know, that's something that we as human beings do. We, tend to tell ourselves things that aren't true. We tend to psych ourselves out. We tend to have kind of a negativity bias. We, we, we find ways to self-sabotage. So, you know, I don't think Simone Biles strikes me as the type of person to self-sabotage. And, you know, what happened? You know, like, did she have pandemic stress? Was it performance stress or anxiety? I don't know, man. It's so interesting. And of course, none of us have the right to any of this information ever. Um, you know, I could, I could see her just being done with gymnastics in the Olympics after this. Um, will she come back? I don't know. Um, will she do a tell-all book next year? You know, will she get a book deal out of this? Because, you know, that's the other thing that celebrities do. They get a book deal. Um but, you know, she could become, a, she could either become an ambassador for mental health or not, you know, and, and why should she, why should she put herself out there or put herself through that and become the poster child for mental health now? Like she doesn't owe anybody that either. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see if we ever learn more about what she went through or if she just kind of quietly fades away, but I don't see her ever quietly fading away. I mean, she's the greatest of all time. Um, I don't, it's so weird to me. Like, oh, here's somebody who had everything and then took time for her mental health. But, you know, mental health is your health and your health is your wealth. And so, you know, there's, it's something that you have to take care of. And if you're going through a bad time with it, you're not going to have anything else. You're not going to have physical health. You're not going to win in the Olympics. You're not going to have healthy relationships. You're not going to have success at work. So, you know, mental health is so important. You know, it's it's hard to stay mentally healthy in wave four of the COVID-19 pandemic. So <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that. That's like a whole other podcast. You know, I, I've got nothing at the moment on that because I know I had a hell of a hard day myself. Um, but hopefully I have hope that maybe something good will come out of this and, you know, maybe the media will give her privacy and leave her alone um, and just let her do her thing. And I don't know. It just seems like women athletes have to go through so much, you know, there's a the thing about the volleyball shorts and then there's this and then, I, and then what, I don't know. I, I just, you know, the, we can be fans of them, but at the end of the day, they are not our property. And we have, you know, we don't have a right to ruin their privacy or I I don't know. I just, I, I kind of feel bad about people who are super famous like that and who struggle, you know, especially having worked in the addiction field where, you know, dealing with average people, 
you know, I wasn't dealing with famous people there. I was dealing with street addicts who were, you know, roaming around the river in Wichita, Kansas. Um, and I saw what those people went through. And I saw what, you know, tons of addicts in my life have gone through. And God, it's just so bold to come out and say, hey, I'm taking a step back for mental health. And I've done that in the past, too. I mean, it, it's just remember that somebody like Simone Biles will be commended for it. But the rest of us who are average, average people, um, we're not going to be commended for it. Not at all. Like we end up paying um, dearly when we're out and about, like out and loud and proud, like about, you know, mental health. So I don't know. That's my hot take. Um, let me know what you think. Um, Cause I, th- I think everybody is a fan of Simone Biles. I on nobody could ever not like her for anything, you know? And I think that this endeared her more to everybody. And there's probably a few people out there who disagree. So I don't know. <laughs> That's just my hot take on, uh, on the state of mental health and what it's like to get treatment kind of in the long term, because I think everybody's in the short term. It's like, yeah, I had a moment of mental health issue or whatever and I got help and then I got better and I'm going to share my story and it's like well I've been dealing with mental health for you know a lot of years now since 2004 and well that was my story and I told it and so you know nothing in life is without a consequence for us average people I'm sure Simone will do great and I do wish her well and I commend her for being open and brave But I also think that if she hadn't been, I think she's smart and she knows that if she hadn't said something, the rumor mill would have been going and that would have probably made it worse for her too. Um, Because there's just so much gossip in the world. So there's always more at destinyarchitecture.com. Follow on Twitter at sign destiny arch one at sign fearless, the number five pod. And remember that you are the architect of your own destiny.